This is Together, an Ada Bible Church podcast about the world of marriage, where we attempt to invite you to explore the ways marriage works and doesn't work. From practical ways of learning to biblical inspiration, we invite you to listen to other professionals and couples to help enrich your marriage. Here are your hosts, Rachel Norton and Dr. Kelly Bonwell. So Rachel, this is your very first podcast that you're going to be co-hosting. Yeah, we'll see how this goes, Kelly. You yeah. might have me back, you might not. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I know, know we're going to have you back. Uh, yes. So also, I heard you went to a conference in the fall. I was, you know, it was during that especially busy stretch of the year, uh-huh. and I learned that we were going to go to Orlando with a handful of couples to this conference called AACC, Cool. where thousands of counselors would gather, lay leaders, and learn about a lot of different topics, marriage being one of the big ones, where we could go in breakout sessions, hear lots of speakers, and uh, I got to meet this really great couple. Oh, yeah. Who? Well, Mike and Kim Ball. Oh, I hear, <laughs> and, uh, I hear people. Yes. Is, that, is that Mike and Kim? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. Hello. I know. So Mike and Kim Ball are here with us today. I volunteered them just having learned so much about them. I think when John and I were first getting to know you two, it was like, wow, us too. Us too. We just had so much in common and we learned so many great things we learned a little bit about ways you've been investing in others here at Ada, and we're just excited to have you on today. Definitely. Well, thank you. well we are excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we jump in and we'll get a, uh, so our listeners can get to know you guys a little better. So we'll just do the easy, low, low hanging fruit stuff. So, Mike, you get to go first. Like, who are you? Like, what do you do for a living? What are your interests? Tell us about your family, all that good stuff. Uh, so uh, Kim and I have been married for 31 years this summer. We have three kids, 26, 24, and 21. Uh, our youngest is still a junior at Michigan State. Our middle son lives here in Grand Rapids, and our daughter lives out in Burlington, Vermont. I own a staffing company, a small recruiting company, uh, which is interesting and fun. And really, we like all things kind of outdoorsy and active. We do a lot of stuff outside. I'm blessed that my wife has a great sense of adventure, uh, so cool. she'll put up with me. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and really just enjoying the season of being empty nesters. Like, what do you like to do outside? Like hiking, kayaking, mountain climbing? It, you know, ironically, we've done all of those things. <laughs> wow. um, and, and I was joking about the mountain so climbing. I did. I, I tend to be uh, burdened with unjustified overconfidence. So I did sign <laughs> my family up for a four-pitch, 400-foot climb on a rock wall in the Smoky Mountains one spring break, which was uh, fun and terrifying all at the same time. Mostly terrifying. Um, but we do that. We're kind of a big triathlon family. The kids all race. They've all been on the triathlon team at Michigan State. Uh, so that's been fun. And really anything on the water, we really enjoy in the summertime. And we enjoy skiing and cross-country skiing and outdoor sports in the winter time as well. Okay. What's your uh, favorite place to cross-country ski? Gaylord. There's a place yes. called Four Bush Corner up there that if we were just there like 
two weekends ago, actually, skiing, and it's absolutely fantastic. We went up for a long weekend. Did you go to uh, Cross Country Ski Headquarters? We did not go there this time. We actually skied at Four Bush Corners and Hanson Hills, uh, and then uh, we did a very nice hike in the state park up there along the Asabo River the last day. That's cool. So years ago, my wife and I and boys, so I have a 27 and a 25-year-old. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> um, and Josiah and Micah, and we took up cross-country skiing. And uh, we cross-country skied at Gaylord a couple times. We also did, uh, the one thing, though, I remember early on cross-country skiing with my boys is we were always early on saying, come on, guys, keep up. Come on, keep up. And in the last couple of years that we did it, we were like, wait up, <laughs> wait up. You're going way too fast. Oh, when that change happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. Kim, how about you? What do you like to do for fun and all that good stuff? Um, well, I have share a lot of the same interests that Mike has. Um, we love to be outdoors and active. I like to travel. I like to cook. I have kind of a cooking hobby. Is she a good cook? Mike? She's a fantastic cook. I have my ups and downs, but um, I participate in the meals ministry at church, so I really like that. Awesome. So that's really fun. Um, I'm a speech pathologist. So wow. I work with uh, medically and uh, neurologically compromised adults. I've done that for our whole marriage, and I really enjoy my job. Very cool. So, And how long have you been doing that? 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So ebbed and flowed um, when we had the kids. Like I worked full-time initially and then dropped it back, and now I contract, but I still have my hands in it. I really enjoy it. A That's lot. great. My youngest son, Micah, had to see a speech pathologist. So thankful for you guys. Yeah, I don't work with children, but I, I do love the profession. That's great. It's a great profession. Last Lots question of- What was your favorite uh, vacation? Ooh, Because hmm. we like to travel as well. Probably one of the Italy vacations. And I would either say Tuscany or the Amalfi Coast, both of them. But it's probably a tie in my mind. Fantastic places. Would yeah. go back in a heartbeat. Yeah. Loved it. Yeah, we did a cycling tour of Tuscany, which was incredible. It was. And we took all three kids for a graduation gift for Jessica. So that was really nice. And then we did a hiking tour of the Amalfi Coast, which was also incredible. Yeah. So highly recommend really any destination in Italy, but either of those are really wonderful. Wow. That's cool. A biking trip in Tuscany. That must've been so beautiful. It was. Wow. And it was not easy. No, if you read in the brochures and it says rolling Hills, (laughs) you know, it's no, there, it was difficult. (laughs) Wow. I managed to make the whole family mad at me on that trip too, just from perhaps overbooking a couple of the cycling sections oh that's great yeah i've been to florence so i've seen the terrain so kim talks a little bit about being overbooked on some of those or you talked about it and i saw her head nodding quite a bit so you stretched them a lot so you guys you have been together for a lot of years take us back when did you first meet and what was it about the other person that drew you to them well we met in college and i think 
you know, it's always um, a game of the, you get the good and the bad and sometimes it's both, but um, Mike was fun and he is fun and he has got a really great sense of humor and a really great sense of adventure. And that was really fun for me early on because I didn't really know anybody who had that same level um, of adventure and just fun for life. And so that's, I think, what drew me to him back then. Do you remember, too, when you first saw him or first had that you know, initial conversation with him? Yeah, he was cheating at a game that we were playing. <laughs> what was the game? I was winning. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it was, was it Trivial Pursuit or was it Pictionary? It was something. It was Pictionary. It was Pictionary. So it sounds like, Mike, you remember that time really well. What was it for you at that meeting that especially stood out to you about Kim? Um, I think just her easygoing persona and her confidence uh, had her stand out. She lived with a friend of mine that I went to high school with, so that's how we met. Um, but she was just great, great smile, lots of fun, and really the more time we spent together, the more fun we had. We used to play shoe baskets and play pig, and she would always win, which was really quite aggravating to me. And so I would change the rules. Do you want to tell them that story? Yeah. So he just basically wore me down because pig became horse and then horses and then horses racing through the savannah. And I just, he just wore me out until he won. It all came down to conditioning, but we got where we (laughs) needed to go in the end. So you had this fun time. And then when did you actually go on that first date? Boy, that's a good question. I think we hung out in groups together so much that we we just kind of started hanging out together a lot and we became inseparable. It was more, she lived in a house with four or five other girls and I lived in an apartment with three other guys. So it wasn't like the traditional drive over and pick you up at your house and take you out to eat. It was just, you know, our friend groups kind of merged and then really we became a couple pretty quickly. Right. So at one point you find that you actually are dating, right? And that's where we go from that initial, like, hmm, I'm drawn to this person to really getting to know the person's character. What was it about Kim's character? What was it about Mike's character that you thought, you know what, there's something really special here? Well, I'll go first. I I think with Kim, she has a great sense of humor. Uh, She's very warm. Um, but she's not soft. She's tough, right? Like she's, she's been through a lot, you know, just being with me would qualify as being <laughs> through a lot. And, and I think what drew me to her was that kind of quiet confidence and strength that she had, even at a young age, which I think a lot of it was due to her faith and, and how she was raised. But um, I just never remember a time when I wasn't attracted to her, right? Like that started right from the beginning. And that faith was a factor, even up front. It, ironically enough, I yeah. think it was. And that was at a point where I was not active in my faith. Um, so it wasn't necessarily on my checklist of things to look for right. in a significant other. Um, but I think that was the foundation of a lot of her confidence and personality and, and really a lot of what drew me to her. Wow, thanks for sharing that. What about Kim? Well, 
I think a lot of it for me is just Mike's really smart, so he's very rational all the time. And so I always liked that about him. I liked his ability to um, integrate in any situation and um, make sense of things that were difficult and things that would tip me upside down. He was really good at kind of always being rational about that. And I liked that stabilizing um, effect that he had on me. Um, And I think, too, early on, you were, even though our faith journeys were in very different places, because I had been raised in the church and it was always part of me, um, it was never anything that you were um, opposed to. You were always open. And so even though you came to it later than I had, um, it was always something that you were willing to invest time in and you were open to it. And it was just, you know, I think that's an important part of our past um, for people when they get together is your faith journeys can be in different places. Sure. And that's okay. Um, as long as you're both moving forward. Okay. Both moving forward. Well, and you two moved forward and you got married and then we get to know people even better. So we heard about those things that really drew you to one another, but what did you learn about the other person after you got married where you thought, okay, you know, a little bumpy as you were getting established as a couple? Well, I think, you know, if you look at marriage, it's more of a dirt road with a lot of bumps in it than it is a smooth highway for sure as far as the the trip goes. Um, But I think with any of us, our strengths can be our weaknesses, right? Kim's quite... Quiet confidence can make her a little bit stubborn uh, at times. Uh, It took me uh, quite a while to realize that acts of service was her love language. Um, I have since embraced doing the dishes, but, you know, earlier on, I'd ask her questions like, why did we even have kids if I'm going to do the dishes, right? Like, isn't that what they're for? Um, So I think really, you know, just learning What's important to her was really important for us as a married couple, uh, for me to understand that and realize that doing those things, you know, are really something that she values, which that in and of itself makes them worth doing, whether I like to do some of them or not. Mm. Awesome. I bet Kim's got some thoughts too. I do. I mean, we, because you're so different and I think that, Marriage formula is the same for everybody. You have just two different people with two different backgrounds and two different um, definitions of normal, two different expectations, two different perspectives. And so anytime you come together, it's you're going to have differences of what and how things should be done. And so, you know, it took us a while to work through that and, the dishes analogy is a good one because early on I thought there was just this way that household chores should be done. And so, you know, perhaps I might have made lists, you know, (laughs) outlining those chores, which in retrospect, I would not recommend. I would say, don't do that. Um, yeah. But you learn, Mm -hmm. you learn as you go, um, 
And the more, the more you learn, the better it gets. Sure. And so we can have those bumpier patches. And yet I was thinking back when we got married, you know, different seasons we've gone through that were a little bumpy. In fact, some that were really heavy that we never would have imagined facing. And don't you feel like that's almost every marriage? Like there's something big. What would you say was an especially challenging season for you two as a couple in the life of your marriage? Um, and, and we'd love to hear how God met you in that. Well, I think um, probably one season that leaps to mind is we had an ovarian cancer scare with Kim about four years ago, uh, which really tipped us upside down. Um, it was a span of really two weeks, maybe two and a half weeks from the initial doctor's appointment. Uh, she knew something was off, but wasn't quite sure. Um, and so she went to just her standard doctor who immediately sent her for a CAT scan, which turned into an MRI, which turned into a meeting with an oncologist probably a week after the initial doctor's visit, which turned into the question of, you know, hey, do you want to have cancer on Monday or I'm sorry, surgery on Monday or Wednesday of wow. next week? Wow. Um, so it was just a real heavy change of direction or, you know, a, for lack of a better word, a challenge that we had to face completely out of the blue. Um, and so it was, um, it was really an unsettling time, but I think, you know, we look back on it now, fortunately the surgery went well and they were able to get all of the cancer. And so we came through that journey pretty quickly. Um, but we certainly learned a lot about each other and the people around us. Do you want to share some of the things, hon? Yeah. I mean, for me, um, it was, everything happened so quickly that, you just don't have time to process. And um, thankfully, you know, Mike was my rock through that because we would go to appointments and I would hear, but he would listen because um, I just couldn't. It's, it was so overwhelming. And I think that was a time for me and, and both of us. And I even think the kids where you just, you have to go each day just with your hands wide open because it's too overwhelming. The, the situation's too big to carry alone. And so to really just say to God, you have to get me through this because I can't, I, I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know um, how to manage it on my own. And it's, it's such a good lesson that when we really do surrender and just open like that, that he, he was so present in every step of the way. It was really, I, I think of Jeff when he says things like, oh, God will bless you in a, a hundred unexpected ways. Um, and he does. Well, and you think of all that you two were intentional to really invest in your marriage before that came and what you saw in the other person um, when you didn't know what was right around the corner. Right. Um, and being invited to trust God in that way, it sounds like it really impacted your faith. And Mike, you talked early on about how early on in your marriage, you know, you were kind of maybe more exploring um, faith or uh, maybe you weren't really pursuing 
God in, in intentional ways. How did that change before this came and then after? Well, and I think, you know, I grew up going to church, right, and and doing those type of things, but it wasn't the personal commitment um, that Kim had or that it is to me now. And so really, um, ironically enough, it, one of the big steps of my coming to faith was going through a crown class with Ed Shepard uh, <laughs> as the leader, and Ed and I both love money and handling it and everything about it, and so we bonded immediately. Um and uh, it, that was really a big step for me. And so it, we've grown since then. Um, but I think if I were to highlight the greatest blessing of Kim's journey, it was the community. Um, we just made the decision early on that we would share the news, not proactively with anyone, but when the context was right, that we'd make people aware of it. And the support we got from Ada Bible was fantastic, but also our youngest was playing high school basketball basketball at the time. And the support we got from the other parents on the team was fantastic. It's really, was really helpful to us. It really touching and really meant a lot uh, from, uh, you know, just helping us get through that whole situation. The support really does carry you through it. It it just makes you feel loved. It's too heavy to carry alone, For right? Sure. Once you tell people, then you have help. For sure. So uh, right when uh, COVID hit in March of 2020, I got sick, real sick. And at that point, I didn't know it was COVID. And uh, about three or four weeks in, I got one night, I got real, real sick and uh, couldn't breathe very well. And it was one of those moments where, without telling Julie, I went and packed a suitcase because I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. And it was one of those key, key moments where uh, I thought, you know, this could be the last time I see my family. Uh, And definitely when you reach those moments, you um, really push into your relationship with God uh, for both of you in that moment, uh, because when all, when that diagnosis came, there's so many unknowns, right? Uh, there, there's there's not the idea that maybe, may, you know, you obviously maybe could think, oh, the surgery is going to go wrong or, well, you have no idea what's going to happen. How did that, for you guys as a couple and individually, how did that like impact your relationship with God as well as another side question to that would be, I would think because you guys went through that, it really solidified, continued that being solidified as a couple, like a bond that's like really ultimately special. Can you talk about that? Well, just to address the initial part of that, where you go into surgery and you don't know, and that was that was the situation. We went into the surgery and my oncologist said, well, it could be X or it could be 12 times X with a port. And so literally, and a lot of that decision during the surgery was made by Mike because they would biopsy and test and take more stuff. And, you know, so he was the decision maker while I was going through it. And I think just going into that, you know, we prayed about it a lot before, and that's where you just have to trust. You just have to trust that 
whatever the outcome is, is the intended outcome. And that regardless if it's um, you're facing treatment or they get everything, that God's plan is to be by your side and walk with you through it, Mm -hmm. even if you don't get to decide (laughs) ahead of time what that what those outcomes are, which is a really difficult um, thing to give up. Yeah, definitely, Kim. Yeah, I think it's a great reminder. Um, if I look back, uh, I tend to misperceive that I'm in control of a lot more things than I am, right? And I like to be in control. I'm comfortable with that feeling. Uh, so it's a great reminder that you're not in control. Uh, it's a great reminder. I always say to the kids, get your money's worth every day, mm-hmm. right? Like don't, don't skip any days because, you know, the future is not certain. Uh, and then I think it was also like one of the things I remember I clearly going through it is I, I've got some friends that I have breakfast with every week. Um, and they asked me, how are you going to handle this? And uh, they're great guys. And I said, I am choosing to honor my wife. So I'm going to do whatever I can to do that. And I think that for me, that was wonderful because it gave me, it gave me a plan and tactics as to how to handle every day. That's really beautiful, Mike. Uh, There's a verse that it hangs in our kitchen and the verse is uh, apply your hearts to wisdom for the days are short. And I do, I agree that every day you have to seize the day and because it could be your last, it could be your spouse's last, it could be your kid's last. And, uh, and I think that's really wise and important. Uh, so now we're going to lighten a little bit that we're, 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 we're through the heavier stuff. Uh, uh, and now we're going to talk about something that I think is a real highlight for us at Ada Bible Church. And that is how you guys have served through marriage prep or marriage start. It's called now Uh, to give our listeners a little bit of history about marriage start. I've been here 13 years and I was thinking about this the other day. I think we've brought somewhere between 750 to a thousand couples through marriage start in that time. And earlier I had asked Mike and Kim, how many couples they've walked with. And this is within an eight year period And Mike uh, had said they think it's about 50, 50 couples. So what Mike and Kim do is they are small group leaders meeting with uh, couples before they get married. So to jump in, just first tell me what that's been like and what do you do and what do you talk about and all that good stuff. Well, it's been interesting. So we, uh, we led small groups for a while like people in a similar stage of life with families. And then we both felt really compelled to get involved in marriage. Um, You know, personally, we both feel like marriage gets kind of a bad rap in society and the current culture right now. And then we had people we know and friends uh, who have gotten divorced for, you know, what you would perceive as, not very good reasons to get divorced. There's certainly legitimate reasons to get divorced. And and I understand that. So I'm not painting with a broad brush, but sometimes it's just the grind of life that, that kind of gets to people. 
And we notice most of them are not happier after that happens. Um, and so we started to get involved with married couples that needed help. And what we found was we were terribly ineffective in that space <laughs> because neither of us have been in a bad marriage. So we were, we didn't have the experience set. And so we really zeroed in on working with young marrieds with the idea that if we could help them get off to a, a good start, um, and an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, uh, that we could really help them establish the foundation and initially that would carry them through to a, a long and satisfying marriage. So that's how we got into it. And we really cover everything, right? Conflict, money, um, sex is always a popular week. It makes everyone really nervous. Uh, <laughs> and, um, you know, just how relationships change, communication, uh, it's been great. Tell me if I'm missing anything, Kim. No, I don't think so. I mean, just to tag team on some of the stuff you said before is just um, we saw so much just what I would call relational erosion, like people not being intentional in their marriages and not because they didn't care about them, but just because you get busy, you get busy with life and you get busy with kids and jobs and all the busyness that we fill up our lives with and you just don't give your marriages the attention and intention that they need. And so um, that's where it's been really fun to, to work with people who are just getting started to, to let them know that when you take time to be intentional, your marriage can be great, Um, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't come for free. Um, but it's worth it. Mm-hmm. What are some of the, uh, so you're meeting with these young couples. And again, I think the ministry that you guys are doing and, and those other couples who are doing the same is so important. The number one care need by far at Ada is marriage. And often when we meet those marriages that are not doing well, they're in disaster mode. And so what you guys are doing is you guys, one of the key things I think you're doing is you are breaking uh, falsehoods about marriage. I, th- I would guess that that's a key part of, uh, you know, one, one key uh, truth about marriage is for better, or for worse, right? But you have to get into the weeds about that to really talk about that in particular about what you guys faced with uh, Kim and her ovarian cancer for better, or for worse, right? And uh, what what might be from each of you one thing that a young couple or as the group they just you go ah, I'm not so sure that's true or or let's let's rephrase that a different way and and give you a different vision about how marriage should be can you think of anything well I, I'm going to answer it and I don't know if this is exactly the answer to the question but I think what I would say is. All marriages, people need to get to know each other. They need to take the time to understand where the other person is coming from, their perspectives, their backgrounds, because all of that is leads to your expectations in marriage. And so it's not so much um, a marriage myth, I guess. It's just marriages require work and effort to lay those foundations. And then when you have those foundations, 
that's what carries you through for the better, for worse, for in sickness and in health or any stress or bump or big or small situation that you face is when you have that, that's what keeps you afloat. And so that's, I think, one of the things we stress to the young marrieds is work on it while it's young and new and exciting um, because that's the time to build. I like how you put that, Kim. Mike, how about you? Yeah, I think there's um, most of the young marrieds we deal with, nobody has really ever talked to them about being married. Mm. And so I think setting the expectations on different issues can be really helpful. Uh, Conflict is a big one, right? Like everybody, conflict in and of itself is not bad. You're always going to have conflict. And so what we try and show them based on research uh, is it's not how you get into conflict. It's how you get out. That's going to determine what kind of marriage you have. And there are some things that are out of bounds. There was a study from the university of Washington and they could predict with 80% certainty who was going to get divorced. And it was based on how they fought. Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to stay, you need to understand the difference between complaint and criticism, mm-hmm. right? Criticism is a personal attack. Complaint is just voicing displeasure with your spouse, letting the dishes stack up. Um, so I think conflict, letting them know that it's normal and giving them some guidelines on how to handle it is a great one. Uh, the other one that never fails, uh, typically people have not thought about is just how you need to manage how the relationships in your life are going to change Mm -hmm. your relationships with your own family, parents, siblings are going to change your relationships with your friends are going to change once you get married. And that's completely natural, but so is the tension that surrounds it, right? Like it's, you know, you may not instantly not want to play golf four nights a week once you're married, if that's what you've been doing before you were married, right? Like you're still going to want to do it and you need to understand that some of that's going to change and your friends that you golf with are probably not going to make it easier for you. They're going to make it harder for you. And you have to work through that together as a couple and support each other in those changes. Um, Parents can be, we were blessed. My in-laws were fantastic and, um, I know my wife loves my mom and dad. They like her better than me, clearly. <laughs> um, but changing relationships with your parents is very challenging. Parents don't always cooperate with that. And that's what a lot of young marrieds don't realize. And then there's this huge loyalty tug of war that make people upset. And they may not even know why, right? They're just stuck in the middle. So just giving them some idea of the things that all couples run into and then making them aware if you're really struggling, there's help. Could be through Ada Bible, could be through another source, but asking for help is normal. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you or your marriage. There's help out there. Way better to get it early than to wait too long and have it be too late. Wow, you guys are really saying some profound things today. I love that. What you just said, Mike, uh, asking help is normal. That is so good. So two more questions from me about uh, Marriage Start and your involvement. Uh, One of the cool tools that we get to use through Marriage Start now is a a marriage, pre-marriage assessment called the Symbus. Is that something you guys use? I'm sorry. What is this Symbus thing people talk about? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is that? 
So SIMBIS is an acronym for saving your marriage before it starts. And what it really is, is a big personality profile on everyone. And then an assessment as to how those personalities will mesh. So it's similar to a disc profile or some of the other, you know, personality profile tools that are out there, but it gives you a wonderful 16 page printout uh, that we go through with each couple individually. And we always budget an hour and it always takes longer because everybody loves to, they're so excited to see it and to look at it, Mm -hmm. but it really gives them an idea of how their personalities will mesh, how they'll mesh well, where they are most likely to have conflict. And then one of the other things that it does really well is it has a section that outlines expectations in marriage, who will do what. And Mm -hmm. it's me, you, or both are the categories. And they each fill them out individually. And then you see where those align and where they don't. And it can be a light bulb moment for some couples because what they realize is their expectations are all shaped by the house they grew up in. Mm -hmm. how they were raised and how responsibilities were split. And that can be completely different between two households. And so it can lead to a lot of uncertainty or misunderstanding between couples until they start to realize one is not right or wrong. They're just different and people are bringing different expectations to the relationship. Yeah. And I would add to that too, is just knowledge is power, right? And it's it's getting to know those backgrounds and it's helping them understand that it's okay that they're two different people with two different sets of experiences, um, but that doesn't impact the how successful your marriage is going to be. It's just allowing you to be aware of things that oftentimes it takes a really long time for people to figure out. So I love the Symbus for that reason, because it gives you all that information right up front. And even if in the moment and all the excitement of getting married, you don't, you don't pay as it as much attention to it. It's always there and it's a good resource for them to come back to um, when a little bit more of the reality sets in after the fact. Yeah, that's so good. I love the Symbus and uh, uh, I think it's a great tool. It's a great tool for married couples too. And uh, I'm, I'm so glad we're using it. One final question. So when you're a counselor, a mentor, uh, like when I'm counseling people, I often get just much out of it as they do. Uh, and so uh, on that note, like what, what has, by doing this, by mentoring couples, how has it brought life to your relationship or you personally? Can you think of anything? I love working with the young marrieds. Um, they have a lot of energy. Um, it energizes us. It forces us to revisit things that seem so long ago, but when you start talking about them, they don't feel that long ago. <laughs> Um, but I I love it. And I love to see, um, just couples bringing God into their marriages, um, continuing to involve him in marriages because you need him in the middle. Um, it really helps the journey. Um, and that's a good message that we like to, 
tell them from the very beginning. So it, for me, that's just something I, I get a lot of energy from and a lot of, you know, just, I just love to watch it. Yeah, I think in general, we can probably all agree young people are more fun than old people, right? <laughs> like it's, uh, so from, from that perspective, uh, it really takes Kim and I back. Um, and, you know, I think uh, the relationships that we've formed with a lot of the couples, uh, with all of them, really, like there's not not one that we don't cherish, but some you interact more with uh, as time goes by. But we've been to a whole bunch of one and two and three and now four-year-old birthday parties. Funny. And uh, I just, you know, being able to walk alongside couples and watch them grow and and mature in their marriages is really gratifying. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun. I, I don't know that there's much better we could do with our time than try and serve young couples getting ready to get married. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling Kelly before uh, we got started, you know, I, I've been here for four or five years and you've been here way longer. You've been a part of Ada Bible for how long now? Like 21 years. Okay, so 21 years. And we got to know each other on this trip and I had never met you before at Cascade. Now I see you every week. And there you are in the atrium with this huge circle of people, you know, couples. I see some of those kids just about turning four. And it, it looks like you've really walked with people, some, for a pretty long time. And you said it was about 50 couples. Um, how many would you say you're really still like tracking with on a more regular basis, even though you got started a while back? Oh, that's a dangerous question. Um, Don't miss anybody. You know, I would say I would say quite a few, probably a dozen at least. Um, and even the ones we don't track with as regularly, those relationships are just as valuable to Kim and I as the ones that we do. Um, you know, it, it, it's we'll have people that we may see every couple of years. And we're just as excited to see them as people that we might see every week. And so, you know, it's kind of interesting, right? It's like being the teacher in school. You don't know if the kids really like you or not, but it's, uh, you feel like they all do because that's right. right. They have to be there yeah, because they show up. Um, but it, it, it's really been wonderful. And, uh, you know, you connect with different couples in different ways. They're all at different stages. They all need different things. And so, you know, you just try and figure out where you can help. I love that. And there's permission for it to look different with each couple. And I love early on how you said, you know, we, we help them get prepared for what they kind of don't know is coming, you know, cause they're starry eyed. And so you help them prepare before that time comes, like conflict is going to surface. So how do we do that in a healthy way? And think of the problem prevention that's going on. And I just think for you too, you know, it's, you're constantly investing in your own marriage and just getting stronger. And now you just keep investing in more marriages. What would you say has been one of the hotter topics with the couples that you've met with? Or maybe hotter, maybe it's like the most appreciated, you know, lesson learned there. Well, I, I'll, I'll answer the first question and you can take the appreciated question. I think money is always a huge topic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think 
as a society, we do a horrible job of educating everyone about money, what it is, what it's not. You know, I don't, I don't know how kids can graduate from high school without a personal finance class. That's beyond me that that's not on the curriculum. Um, but most of the counsel that couples get financially centers around budgeting, right? It's all about self-discipline. Well, you put the money in this envelope, this envelope, and this envelope, and then you'll get there. And it never works, right? Like very seldom. If you have a couple it works for, they didn't need it. They're already wired that way. Um, And so one of the things we got out of the trip from Orlando that was so informative from uh, Shante Feldman is over 70% of men, their greatest fear of marriage is not being able to provide. And over 70% of women would trade financial stability for closer family relationships. So right there, you have two conflicting motivations that if you can get people to understand that they're both important and one doesn't trump the other and talk about what's really going on, then you have a chance to get to the budgeting and the envelope system and that type of thing. But if you don't get them to that core root to start with, all you're going to do is increase the amount of conflict that they have because one person will use the budgeting system as maybe I did early in our marriage as Mm -hmm. kind of a club to pummel the other person into thinking that they're not doing things correctly. When the reality is, you know, Kim's every bit as good with money as I am just in a different way. Thank you for sharing that really valuable, not just for couples just getting started. Right. Amazing. How about Kim? Um, I think one of the things that's so important when you're working with the young marrieds is reminding them and encouraging them that their faith journey is a big part of their marriage success and their all of the outcomes that you will have in marriage will be amplified with God in the center of it. And so even if they start their marriages in a in a position where they they don't feel spiritually mature, it doesn't matter. Just so they're moving forward and just so that faith and that development is there. Um it's 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 a game changer. It really is. And so that is one of the main messages for the young marrieds is don't miss out on that piece. Wow. I think we could all benefit by taking that to heart, like keep getting in those environments where we are maturing. Awesome. Yeah, so good. Mike, Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I really appreciated getting to know you guys better when we spoke via Zoom and now talking today. Uh, you guys have a very, very rich story, and I'm just so grateful for how you guys are serving all these young couples. And I want to speak to uh, all the young couples out there. Uh, definitely reach out, get help, join a group like what Mike and Kim do. Uh, it will... Um, It'll be invaluable for you. The other thing I would say, too, is there's some couples out there who are Mike and Kim's who need to uh, take a step out onto the water and reach out. And so you can reach out to Caridata Bible and just say, hey, uh, I think we got a pretty good marriage. I think that uh, what Mike and Kim shared is something that my wife or my husband and I would like to 
to pursue. And so do that because it's a, it's a rich investment in yourself and it's a rich investment in others. So on that note, listeners, thank you for checking in. Uh, remember, uh, rate, review, subscribe, do all those fun things. But until next time, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to Together. We hope you've learned a thing or two. If you find the podcast helpful, please go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your listening platform. Leave a comment and give us a five-star rating. If you'd like more information on Ada Bible Church and its ministries, or someone to pray or dialogue with about your marriage, go online and check out our website at adabible.org.